Hi there, I'm Aza. And I'm Corey. And this is Media Mockery. On this podcast, you're joining a film-obsessed nerd and a guy who's been staring at his screen since he could open his eyes as we discuss TV shows and movies, news and pop culture while locked in the basement of our school's library. Tell them what's on the docket this week, Corey. Well, today for new media, we're going to be talking about some of the new Rick and Morty season, a little bit about the new South Park special, joining the Pandaverse. Um, it's very, very nice. Mm. Um, very interesting stuff. And uh, Aza's got a little bit to say about uh, some new Doctor Who content. Don't get excited, though. It's very, very little. I just like, <laughs> saw a clip on Instagram, and I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a new Doctor Who special. Like, And also, spoiler warning, you guys, for this new media we will be spoiling things. Some things may be spoiled, so I, I'm very sorry. But if you if you would like to not hear spoilers about the new Rick and Morty season and the new canon episodes, I will leave a timestamp in the description of this episode so you can skip past that. Oh, that's nice of you. Wow. We're, we're upgrading today. What a good podcast host. <laughs> All right. Tell us. Give us the date. Oh, um, some more important deets that we got. Uh, we got a guest speaker today. Um, I want to introduce Mara. <laughs> Mar, I'm sorry, Mar. It's all good. Hello. Hello, hello. Yeah, so she's going to be chatting with us a little bit while we discuss these, um, you know, just all like our general kind of stuff. And also, we will be doing a special interview with her in a little bit after we discuss our new media. So stay tuned for that. Very exciting stuff. Exciting, exciting stuff. If you are interested in musicals, stick around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Specifically, newsies. Ooh. Okay, okay. Rick and Morty, go. Rick, Rick. Rick okay. and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick and Morty season seven. Um, we talked a little bit about it, I believe, two episodes ago. And I would like to say that it's going amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the new episode, Unmort Rickin. This is where we're going to go. I'm sorry. Into, uh, say it again. <laughs> Unmort Rickin. Wow. It's a... Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's like the second to last episode that was uh, made at the time of recording this, but it's it's very, very important. Changes up the entire fabric of the show. Really now? Um, yeah. You know, um, do you know a little bit about um, how the main Rick, um, C-137 or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. um, he basically is on this like vengeance quest to kill the, um, the guy who killed prime Rick wife. that killed his wife, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, the this episode I'm talking about features uh, Prime Rick finally getting actually located. Wow. And um, Evil Morty. Like, uh, he's back to intervene because apparently what C-137 did to find Prime Morty or not Prime Morty um, Prime Rick basically like fucked with his like chilling outside the universe that mm. he did or whatever the hell like he was just like getting a bunch of bullshit happened to him because of the way that Rick was looking for the other Rick and it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy you didn't expect it but uh, Evil Morty actually decides to team up with um, our Rick really now this is a shocking turn of events he's a little shit. bitch yeah he kind of is a little bitch he really just like <laughs> ran for president killed the whole Citadel and then just fucked off to and another then f- fucked off for <laughs> a while <laughs> that was literally what he did he was just I'm gonna come into power I'm gonna fuck off and goodbye and yeah um, kind of interesting and then he decides to help uh, Rick get his vengeance and now we have um, a very very dead Rick Prime and a very empty sounding really uh, Rick he didn't seem like he was very satisfied after it in a very brutal like fucking scene like a minute long he just straight up beat him to death while he was like in a oh chair oh my god like that sounds uh, intense. Yeah, it was. He was covered in blood. Had oh, to tell. Good, goodness. Uh, <laughs> Bathed in blood. No, literally. It was the like, it blood was, of Rick. It was some Mortal Kombat shit. It was <laughs> Rick on Rick violence. Rick, not the Rick on Rick <laughs> violence. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, no, it was, That sounds good, though. It sounds intense. It's, it's a very good episode. It's very intense. Like, it's... I don't know. It's psychological. It's interesting. Mm. It has, uh, has some interesting fight scenes with... Uh, 
basically Rick Prime taunting like our main Rick with like images of his like um, yeah. dead wife. And Isn't shit. he always and, taunting that? And, bitch? Um, it has a fucked up reveal that the reason that we never see Diane throughout the whole Rick and Morty series is because uh, Rick Prime used this fucked up device to wipe her out from every single multiverse ever. What? So now that's R- why Rick's, we've never seen her. Yeah, Rick's Rick's wife doesn't exist in any other universe because he used like the Rick Prime used a fucked up weapon to annihilate her from every other reality. What a bastard! Mm-hmm. When what a reveal too! God yeah, damn. It's, it's a fucking drop. It's like uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. This episode is a spin on the head of everything in Rick and Morty. And yeah, holy shit! It, it changes everything in the direction. And this is the second to last episode. Yeah, that just got okay, released wow. in uh, season seven at the time of recording this. Wow, episode. but uh, I believe it's season six or not season six. Sorry, uh, episode six of season seven. But damn, crazy ass episode. I have to recommend it to anyone that hasn't seen it. Oh yeah, insane shit going on. I mean, you you did just you know get a little bit of the ending, but I'm sure it's still worth the watch. It is very, very much so. The, um, there's there's a really satisfying like in like a uh, cutscene that kind of shows what could have happened, I guess, if uh, if Rick let go of his vengeance. But I don't want to even spoil that. It's uh, yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's basically like a parallel to Rick's story that happens mm. towards the end, and so it's, uh, it's a really interesting. That sounds like, good. Cutaway. That sounds good. But yeah, I'm more Rickin. Unmort Rick and Jesus. Rick and Morty. Rick, <laughs> rem- Rick. I don't know why. It makes me think of Turducken. <laughs> Turducken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, very briefly. So I, I love Doctor Who. And um, Mara, I'm sure you can agree with me. On loving Doctor Who? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you ever seen Doctor Who, Corey? I did watch actually a little bit of it. I used really? to watch it with my sister a little bit. Oh, oh, we've talked about this. We've talked about this very briefly. Um, Which... Which Doctors did you see? I think it was like the fucking 7th or 8th or some shit like that. I watched like a bit into it. I was mm. honestly a little bit lost when I watched it. Understandable. I'm not lie. Understandable. I, didn't, I didn't like start and watch it chronologically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My sister Shy just had some of the shit that she was already watching. It was I think it was on Netflix at the time or it was on some other shit that we oh, had. Oh, right, 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 right. Shit. But um, yeah, she just used to stream it a little bit and I just used to watch it because, I mean, I was yeah. like over a thousand shit. Okay, well, one of the most popular Doctors played by David Tennant... Let me get a little little woo. shout out. Yeah, a little, yeah. little woo for David Tennant. Woo! David Tennant. Um, David. David. He reprised his role for this new special, this new Doctor Who special. And I have not, I don't know anything about it. I don't know, like, I don't even know what streaming platform it is on. But I saw a clip of it on Instagram where, <laughs> I don't even know. There was, like, this little creature. It's the meep. It's the meep. Yeah. The meep. meep. And, um, and uh, David Tennant was like, like, oh, like, we're going to help him get back to his home. And then whoever his companion was was like, how do you know that it's a him? And he was like, oh, um, Meep, what like gender pronouns do you use? And the Meep was like, I am referred to as the Meep. And David Tennant was like, I do that too. Because, you definite know, article. definite article, the doctor, the Meep. Anyway, <laughs> that was just really interesting. And I was like, I'm. You know what? Go Doctor Who. Go Doctor. Took a look at it, gender stuff. Love to see it. Love to see it. Go Meep. Go. Go talk Meep. Go. Talk about the real shit. Yeah. Go. <laughs> talk about the real shit, Meep. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I had to say about Doctor Who. Let's talk South Park. South Park. Okay. So, uh, recently South Park released this new uh, about hour-long special, I believe. It's like 45 to an hour. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's called Enter the Pandaverse, and it looks at <laughs> criticism from everyone about why Disney is failing, basically. Um, oh, that's fun. In, We've in discussed this of, a little uh, bit. Yeah, in terms of pandering with um, forcing diversity mm. and um, basically like woke culture. And I, th- I think it's a really interesting uh, take that they do on it because South Park manages to always look at both sides of the argument. Oh, yeah. They make fun of both sides of people that are like 
pissed off that people are in like diverse movies and then people that are uh and then also the companies that are also like forcing it and genuinely making uninteresting movies out of the same movie over and over again mm-hmm. it's it, it's pretty damn comedy it has really good reviews too it came out um october 27 and uh it it had a lot of shit. It was it was parodying um, Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger, who are like heads of seat, mm. heads of Disney and shit, who are um, in charge of a lot of the movies. And basically, it was like they portrayed Kathleen Kennedy as like um, Cartman. Oh. <laughs> it was like a girl, basically. And um, he, she was at these um, Disney meetings, and um, they. Bob, I've seen Bob, clips of this. Yeah, I've seen Bob, clips of this. Bob, Bob, Bob Iger was talking about. I don't understand why our our movie revenue is so down as of recently. We've made the last. We've made the same movie like five times now <laughs> uh, what are we doing wrong and then um kathleen kennedy walks in the room and um they're talking about some new movie i don't remember which one and um her solution for it was put a chick in it and make her lame and gay oh <laughs> <laughs> it's me it's me bro <laughs> <laughs> that was like everything kathleen kennedy was saying about the like that's the only Disney thing movie. it was it was hilarious but it was like apparently they were saying that um uh, there, there's like two multiverses. They also comment on how shitty, like, and cheap multiverse, like, uh, basically making multiverse movies are as like a fallback yeah. because they're so e- they just excuse lame writing. Like they just they they say they make like a lot of fourth wall breaks, just mm. commenting on a lot of like cultural things. And then I thought another really interesting aspect of the episode is there's like a whole other like side plot where um, Stan's dad Randy is going on this whole like fucking tirade trying to get his shit fixed and um, mm. he, it basically starts with him explaining to his kid Stan he's like now your generation doesn't know how to do shit anymore <laughs> y'all don't know how to <laughs> fix anything anything practical and then he starts and he takes him to see the fucked up like uh, I think it was the oven like it was like it, it was like not closing correctly or some shit and um, he was like see watch what I do Stan pay attention and like he just like fucking looks at it and like uh, doesn't know what to do and he calls the Handy bad. This motherfucker comes <laughs> in, tells him, "I gotta check this shit tomorrow. Um, I gotta get some fix screw. It'll be like eleven fifty dollars. I got you." And he dips and shit. And uh, ba- basically, the episode commentates on how. Um, Handymen are becoming more valuable in society because a lot of people aren't knowing as many basic mm. skills like how to fix things around the house. And it, it's really comedy because the handyman throughout the episode just gets richer and richer and then less oh, available yeah. to everyone else because <laughs> he's getting like fucking $2,000 deals to like fix a Japanese toilet or some right, shit. Right, right. And it's like... I don't know. It's it's just really comedy. I think South Park has managed to like always stay up to date. I know it's crazy the like, way that they have just stayed quality like throughout the fucking decades. Man. Like they've never compromised like Mm-mm. how they write or like how they. They tell really shit. haven't. Like, they always attack everybody, and I, I think that's how you should do comedy. You should they, just, it, and, <laughs> go for everybody's no, throats. No, seriously, it's like I think, I think make everyone a target so nobody is targeted. Oh, I, I kind of I you can know, think you know, that. You I can think that, I mean? Corey. That was kind of poetic, man. <laughs> It's it's just it's just that uh, I I don't know how to explain it. People people target people and I I don't know. It's, it's unnecessary. <laughs> no, no, I feel, like, I know what you I feel mean. like comedy as a universal thing. Everyone should be allowed to make, be made fun of to an extent, mm. as long as you're not like inciting like fucking genuine like hatefulness yeah, towards yeah. them. You know what I mean? Like there, there's an extent to shit. Like of hate, hate speech is like different. Yeah, from, there's a difference between like, like hate speech and like telling like a fucked up joke. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like especially because you know South Park is. At peak sat, it's just it's satirical. It's mm-hmm. extraordinarily like that's the whole deal. Like, yeah, it's is great. I think they did really good. They also had like this. Uh, 
I think they were like parodying Marvel too with explaining everything that um, Disney's doing with pandering as like they obtained this fucking pander stone and it's, <laughs> it, 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 it literally made them like shift dimensions like it's so fucking great like they actually they made a diverse cast of fucking of all the South Park kids right mm-hmm. in another multiverse universe throughout <gasps> ah, the episode yes, and it's fucking this. hilarious Cartman is a fucking um, black woman and like uh, <laughs> Kenny's like an Asian woman and like uh, like they're, the, all the all the main chick all, all the main like uh, cast is like chicks and they're all like fucking hilarious to the other multiverse and it yes. works and Cartman is still fucking Cartman and he's trying to convince it. like both of the Cartmans from the two universes get sh- like shifted in different fucking universes so mm-hmm. the black female Cartman is in the normal fucking South Park universe trying to convince all the kids that she's fucking Cartman right. and everyone's like you're not fucking Cartman and they have like a conversation with PC Principal where PC Principal gets mad at the kids because it's like oh, why aren't you accepting her as Cartman she's obviously Cartman I see no problem with her being a strong with Cartman being a strong independent black woman <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. And then Kyle's just talking about you don't think it's a little bit weird that Carmen <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> it's just, I think it's great commentary. Like I don't know, they do it so fucking well. Like, oh, they just poke good. fun at everything. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. I wonder. My sibling, my sibling is fucking obsessed with South Park. I don't, have you ever played any of the video games? I wish I had, honestly, but I can't say I have. The, <laughs> stick, so of, the, fucking, the stick of truth and uh, the fucking fractured butthole. Yes, <laughs> that's what I've played. That's what I've played. I haven't oh. played all of it, but they, they love South Park and I, I want to know if they've um, they've seen this because if they haven't, we are going to sit down with our family and we are going to watch Into the Pandaverse. Hell yeah. No, you definitely should. I would definitely recommend it. Very, very entertaining. That sounds really good. Okay, moving on. Back to our very briefly mentioned special guest. Oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> it's you, Mara. Um, we have we have questions for you. Are you ready for your your little interview? Uh, yes. Can I can I say something before the questions start? You know? Oh yeah. So. You're going to ask me about Newsies, right? Yes. And I just have a little tidbit. This relates to South Park. One of the original actors from the 1992 movie went on to become one of the writers of South Park. Really? So, oh, okay. It all connects. Who? That's awesome. Who was it? Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, but he played wow. Kid Blink in the movie. Okay. He wears an eye patch. So if you watch the movie, <laughs> just look for the kid with an eye patch. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> uh, wait, say South Park again. South Park? (laughs) You put the emphasis on the park. South Park. There it is. (laughs) Okay, Corey, you want to get us started with some questions? Uh, Yeah, just um, to get us started off, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, What you consider yourself to be an expert in on uh, when it comes to newsies? Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of can... I'm Mara, uh, again. Um, I kind of consider myself to be an expert on... Everything Newsies? Um, <laughs> I think that's a bold claim also, but uh, there are multiple iterations of Newsies. So it started off as, well, an actual strike in 1899, a Newsboy strike. And then in the 90s, Disney turned it into a movie musical starring Christian Bale. Uh, and then later in the 2010s, it became a Broadway musical. And recently it was revived in London on the West End. Um, and I actually, I saw that in person. How many uh, times? Nine. <laughs> Listen, I know someone who saw it a hundred times. Wow. So dedication. I, that yeah, is, this Newsies is dedication right there, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like the 0.05% fan base in Spotify. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that the um, the uh, London version is your favorite iteration? Oh, that's a bold claim. Mm. Um, I don't know. Each each version has has its perks, um, and I like each version for different reasons. But 
seeing it in person definitely gave it more charm than just seeing it through a screen. Mm -hmm. So how would you say that this kind of like medium, this musical medium has been able to like tell the story of this like real life, you know, event? Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm actually I'm writing a research paper right now about the strike Um, and songs they they tell the story in a way that just like characters speaking couldn't because they're saying things that the newsboys wouldn't have said you know like they're they're not going to explicitly just like go up to each other and be like we need to seize this moment and <laughs> fight for our rights mm. and so they can sing and it's like a more poetic way of getting that message across i think right right that was very astute Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, when did when did you get into Newsies? Um, twenty seventeen. It was it oh, was the wow. winter of twenty seventeen. How many years has it been? How many years uh, is that? I can't is do that math. Six, seven. Uh, I think it's yeah, six. Is it three, three. I think six. Yeah, it's been a wow. while. Wow. Yeah. So how old were you? How? Uh, I think I was. I was a friend. I think I was either an eighth grade or a freshman in high school. Wow. Wow. I don't know why this is so shocking to me. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you get into it, though? Um, It's actually really funny. Um, I had heard about it because I was kind of into musicals in middle school, um, and I had seen the playbill for it, but I thought the actor on the playbill was the person who plays... um, Sharpay's friend in High School Musical. <laughs> and, I, and when I was little, I found him really annoying. And so I didn't want to watch Newsies because I was like, if that guy's in it, I, I don't want to watch it. Do you know Sharpay's brother? Sure. I don't know. Hmm. I haven't seen High School Musical since I was like maybe in like second grade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably her brother. Um, it's it's not him. It's Jeremy Jordan. Yes. With, well, it's Jeremy Jordan's face plastered on a different dancer who I can't remember the name of. <laughs> That's strange. Anyway, I was sick, and my mom put it on because it was on Netflix, and the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. History indeed. Yeah. History indeed. Um, what, what, what really, like, drew you into, like, uh... What, what drew you into it so much? Like, I guess, like, uh, what made you want to watch it, like, nine times? I mean, it's, obvi- it's obviously <laughs> something you're interested in. I don't, I don't mean to say it, like, rudely like that. I'm no, just, it's, uh, it. It's I obviously it. something that's that really is, they get entertaining and extremely appealing to you. So it's like, I just, I want to know what's, like, the main appeal to the show for you, I guess. Yeah. You know? I mean, the first thing really was the dancing. It's a very dance-heavy show. Like, that's what it's known for. It's known for having incredible choreography. Um... And I don't dance. Uh, I've never, like, gone to watch people dance. And so it was really my first time seeing, like, impressive dancing happening. And I was like, okay, first of all, this is kind of incredible. Like, they're doing backflips. And, like, I don't know. Seventh grade me was really amazed, I guess. (laughs) Um, But then the story it was telling, I also just really connected with. Because it's just about a bunch of kids, like, banding together and, like, going up against the adults. And, like as a seventh grader who was just starting to become like politically aware of the world, like Hmm. it, it really resonated with me. Um, (laughs) my school had just, we had done a walkout, um, because of the, the Parkland shooting shooting in Florida. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, like if these kids in 1899 could like fight for their working rights as children laborers, like, you know, we can make change in the world too, which is like 
kind of cheesy when I'm like, oh, no. it's a musical, musical about little kids. But no. like, I feel it like was it's, really cool to me. No, that's that's a real sentiment. I can yeah. see I can see how that would definitely appeal to you because I mean, growing up and then like I guess coming to terms with like disillusionment of like the authorities and the power yeah. and seeing like mm. corruption from like the U.S. government or <laughs> yeah. in like the education system or like possibly just like a like shitty upbringing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like th- things like that. Like um, they they really changes like the way you perceive things and like there's always like a like a powerful sentiment and like stories about like underdogs and people rising together to try to like find their own type of justice, you know? So wow, you guys, it. this yeah. is, wow, this is deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have any other questions? I don't, um, <laughs> I could talk for days. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm trying to think of the right questions to ask to prompt you to talk about this for longer. Oh, who's your favorite character? Oh, well, that would have to be David Jacobs. Um, he's kind of the misfit of the group. Uh, all of the all of the characters like are orphans, or they're just like you know they're all really poor because they're selling newspapers for a living. Like, actually, tell us the plot line. I never oh even asked. Yeah, yeah. Let's wow. Let's let's, let's rewind and ask <laughs> about the plot. <laughs> that, Jeez. that would be important. Okay. <laughs> so, in 1899, the the price of newspapers is raised from 50 cents per hundred to 60 p- cents per hundred by Joseph Pulitzer, who runs the New York world. And these children can't afford that because that's a lot of money. A dime is a lot in 1899. <laughs> um, and so they decide they don't, they're not going to pay this. Uh, and they go on strike and they win the strike. Uh, the musical, not entirely historically accurate, uh, but it, it gets it gets the point across. Um <laughs> And yeah, and they sing throughout, and there's a little romance. Uh, Who are the characters? Yeah, so Jack Kelly, he's the main character. He's the leader of the strike. Uh, he's, you know, been a newsboy for as long as we can tell. Um, and he really wants to go to Santa Fe because he just hates living in New York. Uh, he thinks it's kind of suffocating, and he wants to go somewhere where nobody knows him, and nobody knows that he's just like a poor kid trying to make it on his own in the streets of New York. Mm. Uh, his uh, best friend, brother, Crutchy, um, gets sent to the refuge. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and that's kind of the driving point of Jack wanting to go through with the strike and get it done. He wants to save his brother. And then there's David and Les Jacobs, who are new boys to the group. They have a family, um, but their dad was put out of work after an injury. And so... David doesn't initially want to go on strike because he thinks it's jeopardizing too much. Um, but he ends up being kind of the rallying point and the one who gets all the other boys together. And the charming thing about each production is there's a huge ensemble, but each production has its own unique characters. And so if mm-hmm. you watch the 1992 movie, you're going to see characters that you don't get to see in the Broadway version or the London version, and the same is true for both of those versions. So a lot of fans really like that because they can connect to particular characters uh, each time it comes back. There's a new person they can connect with or latch onto or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I haven't, I haven't really... Um... Honestly, as someone that's never been too heavily in like uh, into musical culture, I just I've never really heard of that. Like I guess like um, hearing of like, like a round robin <laughs> kind of like idea of like having like new actors come in for the show yeah. or like um, new characters for like uh, that's kind of interesting though. Like gives you a different like spin on things, like a new perspective every time. Yeah, totally. 
it definitely brings yeah and that's another thing is having new characters each time like they deliver lines differently you're gonna get a different experience every time um something that a lot of people really loved about the london version is that the actor who played jack kelly was the first black man to ever take on this role and it entirely changes the subtext of the show Mm. um i mean you know it's 1899 being a poor black kid versus being a poor white kid in that time it's going to be different especially if you're going up against a super powerful white newspaper owner who has millions of dollars it's a powerful message that a lot more people can resonate with Mm. when that's changed that's so cool yeah yeah it is really interesting honestly like i know that has to give it a completely different story when you think about like the historical like context of like yeah the the jim crow laws and segregation in america past the civil war and how that could impact like how they would be living in that society yeah because and the romance plot is with a white woman and like that also uh, i i have friends in the fandom who have talked about this extensively and it is it's so interesting just to listen to them talk like yeah yeah tell us a little bit mm. about the fandom yeah so a lot of people i know are also like me where they joined the fandom a long time ago and they've stuck in it and <laughs> they're still here with us after six years, ten years, however many years. Um, And, I mean, there are fans who, like, are from the 80s because they saw this movie when it came out in the 90s. And then for the longest time, you know, it wasn't on Broadway until 2012, I think. So they just had the movie for the longest time. And then that happened, and it was kind of like a... Resurgence Yeah, like a renaissance. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so it's, it's... something that people can connect with for a really long time and i think it sticks with people too uh like if that's your first experience of a broadway show or a musical or something like it's got a strong message and it's also just incredibly impressive the the singing is impressive the dancing is impressive it's yeah it's insane and like i said i know someone who went to the show a hundred times <laughs> so <laughs> my dedication yeah my nine meager shows it, it seems like nothing um yeah, but this and everyone kind of knows each other because even though people stay in the fandom for a long time, it's not super big. Um, so, like, you know, I can go on Instagram or TikTok or whatever and I'll see a post and I'll be like, oh, I know that person, or oh, I met that person at Stage Door, or like, oh, I talk to that person frequently. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's a close knit community. Yeah, like, totally. Uh, people that are always like into similar shit as you, like, just yeah. like, on I explain. I'm sorry, but yeah, just good. Do, good community. Totally, and it's it's tight knit. I I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I think that that pretty much wraps up the interview. Thank you so much, Mara. Thank this has you. been enlightening. Yeah. Okay. So with that, um, we are finished with the interview episode of Media Mockery. Thank you again so much, Mara, for coming in to talk about your your um, Newsies infatuation. Of course. <laughs> I had so much fun. Yes, thank you thank for you sharing Mara. your expertise. Thank you for shedding some light on the, the musical culture for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, this has been Media Mockery. We'll be back soon. Listen to us on Podbean and Apple Music. Don't forget Google Podcasts. Oh, well. yeah, of course. You can't forget Google can't Podcasts. So yeah, I'm Aza. I'm Corey. And this has been Media Mockery. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Bye.